Hi and welcome to this service from St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name is Stuart and I'm the minister here. It's my privilege to welcome you. Today, before we go much further, I'd like to invite you to a service this afternoon. It's a very special service that we call Light in the Darkness. It's a service for all of those who find this time of year particularly difficult, whether that's through bereavement or through loss of any kind. We'd invite you to join us at three o'clock. The service will be on the website at st-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk. Anyone is welcome to join us, so please tell your friends and family if you think this might be something that's appropriate. And we'd ask you that if you come to the service to bring a mask and a candle. That's a mask, a face covering and a candle. It'll be available from three o'clock on the website and thereafter at any point you should be able to find it. Uh, amongst all our kind of catch-up services and the sermons part of the website. So let's join together in worship. We gather in love, we gather in hope, we gather as we are to praise God and to bear witness to the light shining through all of our darkness. We come as one people, one body united in Christ and we come together and we worship. We join in prayer. Loving God, creator of all that we perceive, mother and father, parent and guardian, are constant in a world of change. We come before you this day, drawn in by and through our faith, drawn close in and through our love. We call out in this time of change, as we gather and prepare, as we journey together. You would grant us strength to follow the example of Jesus' constant care and compassion. Eternal God, in this season of Advent, we journey together, conscious of our past, of our faults and failings. But as we prepare for Christmas in the remembrance of the birth of your Son and our Saviour Jesus, we dedicate ourselves to the path forwards. We ask for the boldness to continue to assert our place in this changing and troubled world as agents of change, workers for peace and servants of all. Guide us and sustain us on the difficult road ahead. Loving God, though this time of year can be busy as we light candles and pick presents and decorate trees and reconnect with those whom we love, help us to find some time to dedicate ourselves to your mission to remain grateful for the gift of your grace and the certainty of your love. Hear us, Lord, as we join together in your words, saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
And so on this third Sunday of Advent, I'd invite you to join with me as we light our Advent candle. God, who lights our way as we journey through Advent, we ask that you would guide our steps, that we would light the way for others and guide them towards you. We read from John, chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, and then 19 to 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. They said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they'd been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you're neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one that you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. Last week we spoke about confession, the telling of the truth about something, saying it out loud to make it real and to give it meaning and, and in saying we begin to find out more than our truth about it, more than our point of view. Confession means that we enter into a conversation with someone else about the impact of what has happened on us, on others who were involved and on the community. Confession is also the word, though, that the, the church uses for statements about what we believe. The Apostles' Creed is a confession of faith. It sets out what the church thinks about Jesus, and, and that's good, to discuss and debate and to write down what we think is helpful. But it's only helpful if it comes off of the page. If it stays there as a written document, it has less value. It becomes a snapshot rather than something that's part of who we are and useful in what we still do. I mentioned the Apostles' Creed because it's the thing that as a church we join in saying together. We say it at communion and at baptisms. We confess our own individual faith. But we do that together as a community. And when we do that, we confess and we stand witness. So this week we're going to spend some more time thinking about words that we use about faith that you might also find in a courtroom. This week we're going to think about witness and testimony. John the Baptist appears in all four Gospels. He's the warm-up act, the support band, the prelude, getting people ready for the headline act. But unlike most people in that position, though, John's not trying to make a name for himself or to build up his own following off the back of someone more famous. In fact, the very opposite is true. John's only interested in helping people to get ready. He's the one calling on the people to prepare the way. They should be sorting out their lives, confessing their sins and repenting. Repent is one of those church words that nobody uses in real life anymore. 
It means to feel such regret for sins or crimes as to produce amendment of life. So confession has an outcome. When you confess, say out loud the things that you've done wrong, we're supposed to try to repair the relationship that we've broken and the damage we've done, starting with ourselves. But here's a problem. Living in fear of a God who's angry at you is a stressful and difficult place to find yourself in. Healing, making it right, having the chance to start over, happens because God loves us and forgives us. He's not angry with us. And that's the thing that changes everything. And that's what John's offering out there in the wilderness. But there's more. The people want to know who he is before they'll believe him. I wish more people on Facebook would do that before repeating nonsense. But anyway, John the Baptist cuts a pretty striking figure out there next to the River Jordan on the edge of the wilderness in his camel hair tunic and his leather belt eating locusts and honey. People are intrigued. They want to know who he is, why he's there. Because there's not been anyone like John for a long, long time. Prophets used to be common. There were loads of them at one time. We hear in the story of Elijah that there were large groups of prophets all over the country. There have been no prophets now for 400 years until now. You can imagine the intrigue. Who is he? What does he want? What's he saying? Throw into that the old prophecies about Elijah coming back one day and when he does, the Messiah will follow and you've got a pretty potent recipe. It's no wonder the crowds are flocking to see him. And they go and they ask him their questions and he gives them his answers. It's a bit like a trial where the lawyers would question the witness to get a sense of who they are, what part they play in what's happening. Who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing here? And John testifies about his position. No, I'm not Elijah. No, I'm not Moses either. And no, I'm not the Messiah. But I know who he is. And he's here. People ask all kinds of questions about the Bible and about God and Jesus. Sometimes they ask because they want you to confirm their already made up mind. Sometimes people ask to try and trap you or make you look foolish. Other times people just want to know. And they ask because, well, because you seem like the kind of person who might know the answer. And this might be surprising, given my job, but despite all my study and training, I still think one of the most difficult questions to answer is, who is Jesus? It's partly because to say something like, Jesus is the Son of God, doesn't really answer the question, does it? I mean, it says something, something pretty significant, actually. And that's why Mark's Gospel tells us in the first sentence that Jesus is the Son of God. But he spends the rest of the book unpacking what that means. Matthew starts with a family tree. And that's also sort of helpful, but only if you know the people in the family tree. Telling you that my grandfather's names were Fred and Matt doesn't actually say much about me, especially if you've never met them. It's a kind of theoretical answer. You could get that from a textbook. It tells me a bit of who Jesus is, but it doesn't tell me, well, who Jesus is to you. And the answer to that question, I think, is much more important. And the right and the writer of John's Gospel seems to think so too. It's not enough to hear John the Baptist tell us who Jesus is. He tells us who he is to him. John is Jesus' cousin, but that's not what he tells us. I'm not even worthy to tie the straps on his sandals. John's Gospel is full of witness and testimony. The woman at the well has a life-changing conversation with Jesus, and then she goes to tell her village. 
She testifies to what she's witnessed. The blind man that Jesus gives sight is taken before the court and asked to witness to what happens. The signs in John's Gospels are all a form of testimony, each one telling us a bit more about who Jesus is and why he's here. And when the disciples are sent out into the world, it's as witnesses to testify to what they've seen. And that's what we're asked to do. Our church tradition doesn't have much space for testimony. Other churches would make, make room for people to regularly stand in front of the community and tell what Jesus has done in their lives. That's a really helpful practice in lots of ways because it helps people to see that believing in Jesus isn't an academic exercise. It's not theoretical. Jesus isn't some problem to be solved, a theological algebra equation. No point of standing witness is so that our testimony can make clear the truth. But the truth then has purpose. We're supposed to help other people to enter into relationship with Jesus, to get to know him, to discover and learn more, and for that relationship to develop and deepen. So perhaps a better way to answer is as a witness, to give testimony about who Jesus is to you, to talk about your encounters with him, his place in your life, and what difference his relationship makes to you. And let's not pretend that's an easy thing to do. We're not great at talking about our faith. Even online, we're shy about liking stuff or sharing a service because our friends will see. Well, yeah, they will. And that's kind of the point. How many times do we see reluctant witnesses in a book or a film? And they're the ones who eventually come forward to testify and they're the ones who blow up in the case. That's you and me. So, can I get a witness? And will you tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God. Who is he? 
A man shouting out in the wilderness, someone with odd clothes in an unusual manner. But he's doing God's work, pointing towards Jesus, showing us the way. He isn't rich. He isn't a ruler. He's a man shouting in the wilderness. Who are we? Are we rich or poor? Do we have power or not? Are we well dressed? Does it even matter? What do we shout about? Is it politics? Is it war? Is it those who are different from ourselves? Is it the things we like or dislike? Do we shout about Jesus? If not, why not? Could we be that wild person? Can we give away some of our comfort to follow, to direct, to point the way towards Jesus? If not, why not? God, help us to find our own way, to follow and to lead, to guide each other towards the love of Jesus and the promise of new life for all. Amen. As our time together comes towards the end, let me wish you the blessing of God, the grace of Jesus, and the hope and comfort of the Holy Spirit, this day and always. Amen. Every Sunday from 1pm until 2.30pm at St. Ninian's Church in Vickers Road, you can donate to the local food bank. Please drop off anything that you can between one and 2.30. On Friday the 18th of December at 7pm sharp, we've got a family Christmas quiz that'll last for just under an hour at 7pm on Friday the 18th of December. That'll be on Zoom with details available on the website and on the Facebook page.
next Sunday evening on the 20th of December at 7.30pm. I'm delighted to say that we are able to have a candlelight concert. It's not going to be in the church, however. Our friends Anka and Quentin have graciously agreed to host us in their house. They're going to be recording a concert for us um, from their home and that's going to be available from the 20th at 7.30pm. You'll find that on the website at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk. The Link magazine is now available both on the website, so if you visit the website and go into the About Us page, you'll find a link for the Link magazine, but it's also a physical copy that's now available since we've come out of Level 4, and that should be getting delivered through your door if you normally get a copy. But obviously it's much better for the environment if you can download it, so please go to the website and do that. On Thursday, as always, we dig deeper into this week's reading. That's on Thursday from 7.30 until around about 9pm. That happens on Zoom. The meeting ID and passcode are on the screen at the moment. You're always welcome to join us. You don't have to have been before. All we do is chat about the sermon from today and the passage that we read. See what we can make of it. I'm glad that many of you have signed up for our Advent email. You can still do that. It's a daily email each day of December all the way through Advent. You get a verse or a piece of writing, a reflection and a prayer. You also get a nativity character to create your own nativity scene. So something for all the family in there. All you have to do is go to the website and sign up. There's a a little tab at the top for Advent email. Just put your name and your email address in and it'll be delivered to your inbox every single day. And don't forget, you can listen to this service on the telephone. Lots of people don't have access to the internet but would still like to listen to the service each week and so they can do that on the telephone. All they have to do is call 01698 755533. That's a local rate call if you live in Stonehouse. You can listen to the service every week from late on Saturday night and it stays there until late the next Saturday night so you can listen at any point during the week.